Games rated E to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, we reveal the winners of our Nintendo Power fan favorite games of 2019. My name is Chris Slate, and joining me for this special episode are Kit Ellis and Krista Yang from Nintendo Minute. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for Hello. having us. Thanks for coming. And you know, it's having you here for our year-end episode is becoming an annual tradition, so look forward to it. It's a tradition of one year. This is the second year. I look year. forward to this. I do, too. It is kind of nice. <laughs> I didn't, didn't mean it in much that to talk way. You out of Jeez. That. I was just saying, it's like a sec- a, our second annual Yes, that's right. Recording. It's the start of a new tradition. There we yes. go. Uh, now, just like last year, we won't be including the usual segments this time. And instead, um, what we did uh, previously is we set up a ballot at Nintendo.com and asked Nintendo fans to vote on some of their favorite Nintendo Switch games from the year. Um, and now we're going to spend the whole episode discussing the winners. And then we're also going to give our own personal picks for each category, too. And I should make it clear um, here at the start that we're just doing this for fun. You know, there aren't any actual awards. And the nominees mostly come from games that uh, that those of us on the Nintendo Power Podcast team have personally enjoyed. And we certainly haven't played everything. Um, but we think this is a fun way for us to remember and to recommend some really amazing games. And we had a great response. So a big thanks goes out to everybody who voted. Um, now, I'm the only one who knows who won because you both wanted to be totally surprised. So are you yes. ready? Yes. So ready. All right, now let's get started. We have 14 categories, and our first is Coolest Co-op. And the nominees were Cuphead, Luigi's Mansion 3, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 The Black Order, and The Stretchers. And the winner is... <laughs> Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh. Wow. Wow, I'm kind of surprised by that, actually. Really? A little bit. Because, you know, Luigi's Mansion, I think you definitely can play the whole game single player, which is what I did, but I have been saying that it would be kind of cool to go back and play the whole game again yeah. in co-op mm-hmm. mode. I've been thinking that yeah. too. I think that, yeah. that would be really cool. Maybe it's a, a good way to revisit that game if you just played it in single player mode. I think so, and I always thought of this game, first and foremost, as a single player game. Because Me too. that's how I've played the previous games mm-hmm. in the series. But it was near the end of the game where I actually played with my son for the first time, co-op. Oh, nice. And it was really fun. And yeah. then we started playing with some of the other co-op modes. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, if people haven't really dipped into that, there's a lot there. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a cool kind of feat of game design of being able to make something that is, you know, totally playable, uh, single player and mm-hmm. co-op. Um, right. I, that's probably a lot trickier than, than people realize right. to pull that off. And mm-hmm. that, that's a good point that um, the story mode, obviously, you can play single player or, or co-op. But there's also tons of other um, actual co-op and competitive modes in Luigi's Mansion 3 that you can play that are not within the story mode. So again, if you weren't wanted to go back with some friends or whatever, we did uh, Scare Scraper with the development yes, team. Yes, that was fun. Yeah. That was fun, but it was also like very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> they were really good though. You on the other hand, not so good. So this was actually my pick. And, really? Uh, yes. Oh, wow. And um, you recall that you and I played a bit uh, on stage at PAX. Yeah, that was fun. And uh, when I knew that I could uh, close a door in your face or let you hang in the wind <laughs> as, as a door, as, as walls kind of Close <laughs> you know, closed in, in on, on you, me. I thought, oh, this, this is definitely a good co-op game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. that's a good way to choose that. But uh, all right, that was terrifying to play with you on stage because yeah. you're not a good co-op partner so i knew that i was gonna have to co-op dynamics that's <laughs> not a thing good. yeah i had to rely on my own my own self 
Now, Chris, was this your pick as well? It was not, actually. <laughs> My pick, which I thought was going to be the winner, was Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, mm. The Black Order. So that game... It's very fun, too. It's super fun. And I think that that what makes that game really special is that there's such a sheer amount of different characters in that game for you to choose from. So every single club experience and experience that you go through with somebody else is, can be different because you're changing characters all the time. You're going through... Um, tons of like really fun stages and yeah that was the the game that I I think I played co-op the most throughout the year and I, I keep going back to it too and just playing with like different people mm-hmm. um, so it's it's super fun and I think it's going to be one of those games that you can just continue to go back to and play co-op um, so that was my pick but I, I kind of thought that was going to win actually so well that is a game tailor-made for co-op exactly um, and kind of along those lines I, I kind of looked at this category and deciding what what, I, what my pick would be I looked at it primarily as as the co-op experience and kind of how much uh, the game really revolved around that versus necessarily what my favorite one of those games were. Mm-hmm. And so I actually picked The Stretchers. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. that's and actually a good one too. That game is so much more fun when you play in co-op because obviously it was really intended for co-op. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I played... Uh, again, with my son, and, and we both have to, uh, uh, you know, one you each grab one end of the stretcher, and you kind of have to really partner. <laughs> or one end of the person, yeah. <laughs> whatever <laughs> you want to do. <laughs> but it's just so fun how the controls work. Yeah. yeah. And there's just a lot of fun ingenuity there. It is. And level after level, they keep adding new things that just mm-hmm. make me laugh. So that was one of my most yeah. memorable co-op experiences in a yeah. long time. Kind of made to be silly. You and I played that a little bit. Yeah, been playing on the plane a lot. It was like, yeah, like, oh, you got to jump off this trampoline and your character just kind of like ragdolls. Like around. <laughs> yeah, it's I remember really funny. We were always returning back to the station after each mission and I somehow ended up driving through the, so same, the same wall, wall every like time. four <laughs> times straight. <laughs> yes, you You also were the one that all, always got us to lose points somehow. Oh, you always yeah, got I would, like I would get hit. Down. You get knocked down. I would a lot. fall down. Fall into the water. Yeah, I was good at falling down. Yeah. Oh well. It's first, fine. The first thing we did was we walked out into that pig pen right outside of the station house <laughs> and just got mercilessly trampled over and over by all oh, the pigs. Oh, the pigs! Yeah. They don't like you. Yeah, this is a very like unexpected, unexpectedly fun and kind of zany yeah. little game, mm-hmm. which is great. All right, on to category number two: the most vicious verses. And these, of course, are very challenging uh, competition games. And the nominees were Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020, Overwatch Legendary Edition, Super Mario Maker 2, and Tetris 99. And the winner is... Tetris 99. Oh. Nice. Personally, I was really happy to see Tetris 99 uh, win a a category like this because it's probably my most played game of the year. Really? Yeah. That's another one I keep going back to randomly, like all year long, and needed to get that number one spot and then once I did that one time I kind of stopped playing but then I would a always a moment of relief yeah I, was like, <laughs> I can do this I can do this I've yes, the top of exactly. I gotta reach the top and then I was like okay I'm good for a little while <laughs> but it is super vicious you can even select like how you want to be vicious when you're playing that mm-hmm. multiplayer mode which is crazy it's fun though and they keep adding new modes to it. And then they added the um, the daily challenges, which pulled pulled me back into it after oh, yeah. I'd taken a break for a while. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to collect those tickets every day and unlock all the cool retro themes. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot there. And, and it's just kind of like meditation for me. It is. Yeah. yeah it's so very I, good for So that, that would have been off. my pick as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also wanted to uh, mention Super Mario Maker 2 because the competition in that game can get really yes. fierce. I was surprised at how intense versus mode in that game can be. And there's kind of some different takes you could have on, you know, a quote traditional versus mode. You could just like make a level for a friend and say, 
Can you do this? Right. We did that with some of your levels. Yeah. Didn't always go great. The answer was no. <laughs> I could not do it, actually, yeah. Chris Late. My, my pick was Tetris 99 as well, and I sort of thought about you know, the reaction that I had like physically at the end of a match where I was just like breathing hard, heart is pounding, <laughs> kind of tense. I was like, oh, this is really serious. <laughs> I found that for me, I actually do better if I can kind of Zone distract out. myself. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll listen to a podcast or something while I'm oh. doing it. I do that too. Or wow. I like watch TV or something like that in the background while you just kind of like play that game because you can kind of do the half brain thing, you know, and then yeah. play and, and do something else at the same time. You try these tactics. Yeah. And suddenly you realize you, you might be in the top five and the other person on the other end might be sweating it out, but you just right. kind of- yeah, Maybe it's better if you don't realize that. Out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you gotten to the number one spot? I'm sure you have. Yes. A couple of times, right? I, I have, uh, yeah, I have a bunch of times, but the percentage of the number of times I've done that to how many times I've played, it's basically really, I've been able to do it because like of the sheer volume right? of tries. We don't need to share that. Exactly. Yeah. That exact my my same experience. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not my pick. Uh, you guys both picked that game. I picked Overwatch. Mm. Ah. For the sheer reason that I'm terrible at that game, and people <laughs> are so good, um, they have such a leg up, you know. And so it's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea how they got so good at this game it's so ridiculous we um we we played a little bit with some folks at blizzard and that's right man that was that was a real eye opener (laughs) teamwork though teamwork is the teamwork was good um but the other team was pretty vicious and there's like no mercy at all they're just they really even when you get to the to those moments where you feel like you're close to winning a match it can turn so quickly as well so Mm -hmm. very dramatic um so really fun game but i really i really like it. i want to get better at it but i don't really know how to go about doing that <laughs> yeah there is a, a a hardcore fan base and a huge yeah. fan base of just really skilled players at this point obviously it's one of the most impactful multiplayer games in yeah. recent memory so yeah that's definitely a good pick exactly there's a game that was not on this list that i just wanted to give a shout out to because it's a little bit of an obscure game mm-hmm. that um you and i have played a few times it's fun it's called mowing and throwing oh mowing and throwing where you're basically yes. like <laughs> you a, literally a do garden that. gnome on a riding lawnmower you mow and you throw and you're trying to mow your lawn but the other players doing things like throwing rocks or throwing fertilizer to make more grass grow yes it's, it's kind of a head scratcher of a concept but once you start playing it's super it's fun it's so fun it was another game that we played on a lawn flight yeah and you can be so vicious and mean to the other person. Um, and yeah, it's just like a weird little, yeah, you never expect it to be right. as vicious as it is because yeah. it's called mowing and throwing. Mowing and throwing. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. It's really good. Oh, that's cool. I like really silly games. That it's very yeah. actually be pretty fun. Yeah. All right. Next up is Brightest Bright Idea. Now, these are kind of innovative ideas here. And the nominees are Baba Is You, Ring Fit Adventure, Nintendo Labo VR kit, Untitled Goose Game. And the winner is... Untitled Goose Game. Mm -hmm. Wow. Probably not too surprising, although there's a lot of great contenders here. Yes. But there's just been a a lot of of excitement around that game. Well, it's a goose. And it bugs (laughs) you. (laughs) And it's untitled. It's untitled. (laughs) Is that... Would that have been your pick, or do you guys have different picks? It's not. Wow. Mine was uh, Ring Fit Adventure, actually. So it's a little bit unexpected, I think, that a video game could be um, sort of that, you know, physical and you can really have a true, like, workout when you're playing that game. So it's just, it's a fun way to, I think, like, you know, get exercise and stuff like that without having to be boring and go to the gym or something if you don't want to. 
So that one, that one, I think really surprised me, and um, I just really didn't expect it to be such a such a good workout. Yeah, and that's that's uh, that was the value of it to me is that it, it kind of tricks you. Like yeah. I, the games that kind of put more of the exercise first and the the fun stuff secondary, it's can sometimes feel a little bit more like you're having to really force yourself to, right. to keep up with it regularly. Mm-hmm. But if I don't really, you know, I mean, obviously I'm 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 having a workout and I'm not fooled that I'm not having a workout, but I'm mm-hmm. more focused on the gameplay. Yeah, and uh, and that uh, keeps me hanging in there a lot longer. I think exactly. Yeah. I went with Untitled Goose Game. Um, you know, I think that what what this uh, really sold it for me with this game was kind of how tightly it mimics the mannerisms of a real goose. Kind yeah. of all the ways that you can navigate and how you swim around. And there's even that move where you can kind of extend your wings. And I'm still not sure exactly what that's for, but I do like that it's in there when I'm chasing when I'm chasing poor people around and I make put the wings it's out. It so just looks scary. really cool. It's scary. <laughs> it's like they really they really bought into this concept a hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's the charm of that game is that it's not a cartoon goose. It's yeah. like a real goose, and <laughs> <laughs> and you're just kind of I don't know just the the bonkers reality of yeah. running around and trying to steal the farmer's keys. And we have a lot of geese around the office here, yep. so we I think do. we can attest. This is how geese really are. They're kind of they're not mean. nice. Yeah, they're yeah. Kind they're of, crazy. They're a little crazy. The only but, thing missing from the game is just how hard it is to walk in the areas where that many geese have been walking through on a daily <laughs> yes, basis. Yes, yes, yeah. we know that firsthand for sure. Yeah, it's kind of gross. Geese are not my favorite, <laughs> <laughs> except in this game. Except in this game, exactly. And that that was that would have been my pick as well. Untitled Goose Game. I just think it. I love um, games that where just the concept is so pure and simple, but it really resonates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, you know, it's hard to come up with something that 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 fresh and original that. Right. That, you know, yeah. gets that kind of attention. All right, category four, most unexpected. So the nominees here are The Reveal of Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring The Legend of Zelda, Link as a playable character in Super Mario Maker 2, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Fighters Pass character reveals, or the hype for Untitled Goose Game. And the winner is... Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Fighters nice. Pass character yep. reveals. I can see that. Yes, yeah. all year long. You know, we've had all these fighter reveals. It's been really fun, actually. We started with, I think, Joker, and it just kind of went from there. Yeah, it was. There's a lot. There's been a lot, and I think people have been excited every time a new fighter has been revealed. So it's kind of cool to see this game just continue to get a lot of like conversation around it, and people are still really enjoying it. And every time a new fighter comes out, is a really good chance or opportunity for people to play, pick up the game again, play, and dissect the character. And it's always fun to see the you know, the commentary from players. Mm-hmm. So it's been great. Yeah, I think it's cool that these have gone beyond the kind of established Nintendo franchises. And I think yeah. that you know, has what kept people on their toes of like, well, what is the next character going to be? Mm-hmm. It seems like there's so many opportunities options. and options that are out there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's always um, such a, not just are they, these reveals cool surprises, but it's always such a great celebration of the characters and the franchises yeah, exactly. they come from. Mm-hmm. You really feel like, a, you know, a lot of love, you know, for those series come through. I and mean, yeah. it's a big part of what Smash Brothers is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And it's not just a character that that gets um that you can you can get when you get the DLC too. You get like the music and stages and so it's, yeah, you're totally right. It's like a, a great celebration of that character and what game and what franchise they're from and so it's really fun to see that kind of all play out in Smash. Mm-hmm. Would that have been your pick too? It's not. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where I I picked uh, our lovely Goose game. Mm. Oh. So I, I really was surprised. I mean, I guess not surprised, but 
a little bit surprised that there was so much just hype for the game. Um, when I played the game, it was like at a, I think at a preview event. And there was already a lot of, I think, sort of curiosity and just... There was a huge crowd a around lot of it, people, I remember. Yeah, a lot of people just kind of wanting to look over people's shoulders and watch them play what because it was that? such a weird... Yeah, such a unique thing where you're a goose and you're being really annoying. But um, but it's just so cool to see everyone's reaction when the game came out um, and everybody just really had that same reaction when we were playing at the preview event where everyone just kind of gathered around to see what the heck this game is. So I, th- I think that's really surprising. And, and you were saying this earlier. It's such a simple concept, you know, but it's cool to see such a simple concept get so much attention and the game is just so much fun and something very, very unexpected. So that was why I picked that game. Mm-hmm. Kid, how about you? Yep. Fighters Pass stuff was mine. Mm. I'm four for four for matching uh, the players here. You have your finger it's exciting. on the pulse. How far can I take this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me... Um, I mean, all of those are great, but I picked Link as a playable character in Super mm. Mario Maker 2. Nice. Obviously, I'm, I'm uh, just a huge fan of that game, but it really, um, even myself, after a certain hundreds of hours, had kind of tapered off of playing that, and this pulled me right back in. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on my first full Link level now. Oh, here we I've go. Oh, been playing a lot of the Link levels that people have been putting online, seeing the creative ways you can use the arrows and the bombs and, mm-hmm. and the dash move and all that stuff. And it's just really kind of put a whole new spin on it so how hard is the chris slate link level gonna be it's really like hard? it's like a lot of other levels i make where oh, it's no. intended to be for everyone and it somehow ends up being incredibly hard <laughs> what? that's the silliest everyone who just, whose everyone, name is chris slate yeah <laughs> yeah or like a professional speed runner yeah. or something so what are you talking about if you built this level it's you know exactly that's right. what you're supposed to do <laughs> it's cake. very easy <laughs> well, inside and out. can't wait to play it <laughs> sometimes i go back to a level i made a long time ago and i've kind of forgotten how it works yeah. like, oh, i'm like oh this, this is, is tough this is more hard i am a troll just kidding <laughs> All right, category number five is favorite Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Fighters Pass character. Yeah. The nominees were Banjo and Kazooie, Hero, Joker, or Terry. And the winner is Joker. Oh! Wow. Joker. That was mine. Was it really? Yeah. I'm excited that people chose Joker, too. Yeah, that was a fun reveal, I think, because we revealed it at TGA's um, the day that Smash came out. Um, Mm Yeah. year ago so that was really fun to have that like really fun on stage reveal for joker um and i think that kind of set the tone almost for all the other reveals that happened throughout the year and it was it just made every single reveal really really exciting afterward after that reveal so and i think it was another one where it was very unexpected for um joker to be added into the smash roster so i think it was pretty cool to see um, to see the reaction to that. And it's it's nice to see that Joker has made it into um, some of the competitive yeah. players' um, mains. So mm-hmm. a lot of players have really been using Joker and really enjoy his moveset. So it's kind of nice to see, you know, Joker getting a little bit of a spotlight from all of our pro players. Yeah, I've liked seeing competitive players kind of break down each of these characters yes. as they're released. You, there's kind of a couple days of intense of like analysis intense and streaming. proclamations. And, yes. you know, you kind of see which ones the lineup know, gets might shuffled. make it, which ones might not. There I was a lot that. of discussion around Hero and how mm-hmm. he might fit into competitive play. Yeah. But, yeah, Joker seems to have stuck around. 
Definitely. Yeah. I went with Terry and I kind of thought about, well, how do I look at this? Is it the character that I was just most excited about having the character in the game or the character that I most like playing the most? Mm -hmm. And I went with the one uh, I like playing the most. And that's Terry. He's got, you know, those big, heavy blows, Mm -hmm. really plays like a traditional fighting Fighting game game character. character, If I had to look at it through the other lens, I probably would have gone with Banjo and Kazooie. Yeah. And that's who I actually went with Banjo and Kazooie. And I actually really enjoyed playing all these characters. And similar to you, Terry wasn't one that I was super familiar with before the game came out, but he's just so fun to play as. And especially when you get a hyper damage percentage, you get access to those extra moves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just nailing those feels really good. But, but, you know, uh, nostalgia and and everything is still such a strong uh, part of the series for me. And, you know, I really finally remember those uh, Banjo and Kazooie games on Nintendo 64. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I just play as him a lot and I just spam that uh, side B (laughs) charge (laughs) until my feathers run out and then get walloped. But I enjoy doing it. But it's still fun. And it was really great with the nostalgia part that you were talking about. It was great that we had Grant Kirkhope who did the music for Banjo Kazooie just like show so much excitement and passion when the character came out. And um, that was just cool to see just that history sort of carrying over to now, you know, and having this game in Smash really meant a lot to a lot of people. So that's a really good choice as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, the next category is Toughest Challenge. And the nominees are Baba Is You, Cuphead, Super Mario Maker 2, or Tetris 99. And the winner is Cuphead. Yeah. Not surprised with that. <laughs> that game is, uh, is notorious for being yes. really challenging, but in a good way. It's a really satisfying game. Yeah. That was my pick. Was that your pick? Uh, no. Oh, okay. I went with Tetris 99, actually. Because you're just... Yeah. Yeah, you seem to have like a s- special It seems like reaction. I'm maybe the worst at that game I think of the are. people in the room here. Um, Chris is probably the best and you're probably the worst. You know, there is, I, I thought about going with Baba as you. I think there was a category later on that I uh, chose to honor it there a bit more with. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, the, the aspect of it being with other players is what put it over the top for me. I think with Cuphead, there's a lot of, you know, you can train yourself and you can get better. But with Tetris 99, there's that unexpected element of having the other players and, and anything can happen that made it so special. Yeah, and certainly getting first place in one of those matches is one yeah. of the hardest things Triumphant. you can set out yeah, to do. Some exactly. of those Cuphead bosses, though. Yeah. <sighs> those are hard. You can't train <laughs> yourself. Just can't do it. I can't do it. You can't get better? It's really hard to get better. As a person? Better. As a video game player? I as mean, a human being? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Such a tall order here. It's pretty hard. And there is a co-op mode in Cuphead that we played where you could sort of carry the other player yeah. a little bit. So that's kind of a way to maybe mm-hmm. try to get through that game a little bit more a little bit further if you're having trouble but even the co-op mode is hard it's also hard <laughs> yeah it's hard in a different way yeah. but the game is so good and so like unique with the art style and the music and um you just want to keep playing anyway and it's very quick to restart once if you failed a level so mm-hmm. it's actually um not frustrating you know it's hard but it's not like super super frustrating so it's pretty fun to just keep trying over and over again if you continue to fail. And it also has that great feeling that a lot of great old school games had where even if you have to restart the level, as you get better and better, there's a real satisfaction that comes from executing. You could feel it happening. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you, I can you know, do this now. You're learning yeah. as yeah. you go. Like yeah. now I, I used to take two hits before I got to this point. Now I can right. make it to this point without taking right. a hit. So it's, it's still fun to, to kind of replay some of that stuff. Uh, Cuphead's what I chose, uh, although this was a tough category for me. I really thought a lot about Tetris 99 and Super Mario Maker 2 as well. Mm-hmm. If you think about Super Mario Maker 2 and some of those 
you know very hard right. levels you can come across that you might see on the internet. Yeah, or that you've yeah. made yourself. Yes, <laughs> whatever comes first. <laughs> You know, I always get really mad when I come across a level that just seems really unfairly difficult, and then I look at my own clear percentage of my own levels. Exactly. And, and, and then you just, take a good look yeah. in the mirror, yeah, and I then just, you yeah. realize Promise that you are one to of do those better. people. <laughs> All right, uh, category number seven is most glorious graphics, and the nominees here are Astral Chain, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, Luigi's Mansion 3, and Dragon Quest XI-S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition. And the winner is... Luigi's Mansion 3. Mm-hmm. You know, this was another tough category for me. I don't know about you guys, but mm-hmm. there was all of these games are gorgeous for different reasons. They all yes. have great, distinct art styles. But, yeah. um, Krista, what was your pick? Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh, yeah. me too. I wow. love the art style, the graphics, just the whole feeling of that game. From the moment where in the title screen, the hotel changes from being like a nice oh, place to awesome. a yeah. creepy place, yeah. mm-hmm. you, that set the tone for the rest of the game. It is such a... a environment that just makes you want to explore everything it's like spooky and funny in just the right way um yeah i and every floor is so different and unique with um with a different sort of you know has a different angle to how you're playing through that floor i just thought it was all really awesome yeah, it definitely goes beyond just technical graphics and also into probably stuff like art direction. Like you yeah. were saying, every floor felt so different. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a moment that I really liked where kind of early on you can go kind of on a, on a balcony and you can see out into this into valley, valley that was out. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is a really beautiful scene, but it's almost something that people might not experience if mm-hmm. they don't spend a lot of time or don't kind of look out this little telescope here. Yeah. Um, and obviously all the expressiveness of all the characters, mm. yes. you know, being able to show all the emotions, all the feelings, all this the goofy mm-hmm. stuff that happens to Luigi and Toad and everyone else super cool yeah and the attention to detail I mean it right. would have been very yeah. easy in kind of that hotel environment to just really do copy and paste on all the different rooms but mm-hmm. there's always something that's a little bit different in each and every one of them yeah it really forces you or like really encourages you to want to go back and explore all the different like nooks and crannies in that hotel and mm-hmm. interact with everything and pretty much everything you can really interact with so it's kind of amazing how um, they were able to fit all that in that game Mm-hmm. Well, I can't really argue against that game, but I did pick a different but. one. <laughs> and for me, I thought, you know, I really can't choose between these games. So how do I choose? And I said, well, I'm going to pick the game that that the the graphics seem to um, have been kind of the big the bigger part of it. Like it was kind of the game that was most known for its graphics. Mm. Uh-huh. So I picked The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Uh-huh. That style, um, I just really loved it. And, it's beautiful. Um, yeah. And just the way it really breathed new life into mm-hmm. the Game Boy classic original game. Yes. Was so good. That is the cutest Link of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little cute little face. It's the best. All right, next up is Sweetest Soundtrack. Um, and the nominees are Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt mm-hmm. of the Necrodancer featuring The Legend of Zelda, Katana Zero, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, and Sayonara Wild Hearts. And the winner is... Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the oh, Necrodancer wow. featuring yeah. The Legend of Zelda. Nice. This was kind of a brutal category as far as category. making a decision yeah. for me. I don't know if you felt that way. I did, very much. I really liked, hard. I yeah. liked all these games. All of these are for, great. Yeah, for different reasons. Yeah. Like, you know, it's kind of like the graphics category where you just love them all for different reasons. Um, I definitely had that game just on. I wasn't playing it, but I was listening to the Kakariko Village remix just over and over again. I just mm-hmm. had the game, like my Switch on. Um, it's so good. But that was not my pick, actually. <laughs> oh, wasn't mine either. Oh, it's really hard. Oh. I tried. 
had to think about this for a long time, but my pick was ultimately Sayonara Wild Hearts. Uh, Me too. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. That game was is built soundtrack first. You know that right. that game yeah. is really about the music, and you're playing the game to really enjoy um, all of the the music, they, all the soundtracks in there, and sort of the gameplay revolves around the music itself. So I think because it was built, you know, music first, it really made for an incredible soundtrack. Yeah, I remember last year when we did this category, I had a hard time with it as well. And one of the things I did was like, well, what is the game that really you know, use integrates the music into the gameplay as much as possible. Right. And actually all of these kind of do to they different do. degrees. But yeah. I think like you were saying, this one goes the furthest. And I think, you know, the developers shared the concept of this game as a as a pop album that you play. Interactive as a game. pop album. And it's exactly <laughs> right. what it is. And it's pretty cool how it melds that stuff together. Mm-hmm. And the songs are great. I mean they're super catchy, super yeah. varied, um, just stuff like I would I would listen to if I wasn't playing the game. I think I still do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The song they play on the title screen, which is, I think, in the trailers, too, I feel like could be a hit on the radio. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel out of place from just, you know, something that you'd listen to, like in the car or something like that. Mm-hmm. I actually uh, went with the voters on this one, but I did want to kind of give a call out to Katana Zero. Gosh, yeah. so good. The really kind of moody synth Grimy, music. Yeah. Really dirty. sets a mood yeah. for the whole game. And that's exactly what that game is, right. too. And that's, the, you know, one of those reasons where the music just gives the game that mood that you you know you want to experience and that's definitely that one for sure Mm -hmm. okay next up category number nine is most sensational story and here we have astral chain dragon quest 11s echoes of an elusive age definitive edition fire emblem three houses and katana zero and the winner is fire emblem three houses Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Probably not much of a surprise. There's a lot of Fire Emblem Three Houses fans yeah. here in the office and, of and around the world, obviously. Yeah. And and that one, for sure, is not just one story. It could be four. So, oh, yeah. you know, it's a lot of story most to pack in. Story. Yeah. Most story. <laughs> well, Dragon Quest might yeah. have something to say about Literally that. Literally most. Yeah. There's a well, lot of story here. different stories. So, I mean, that's kind of incredible to have in one game is that you could truly replay it four different times and see it from different perspectives and see it from different, yeah. exactly and and really understand the characters from different angles and mm-hmm. so i think that's a very unique feature of, of, of dragon quest of fire emblem and you played through that game multiple you know mul- times. multiple times yes. i didn't do that I, I played it once but you can definitely see how some of the scenes are set up to be interpreted different ways by different people or different groups which i right. thought was really interesting the way that the all the all the stories connect together too, I don't know who made a spreadsheet for that, <laughs> but well done because that seems hard. <laughs> that was my pick, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think yes, it, it it's one of those games where I still will go back. I think um later this year and and play some more because I've not done all four paths, so good opportunity to go back and and continue playing Fire Emblem. Yeah, that was my pick too, and just beyond you know the. That having that interweaving aspect to it, like, there were definitely reveals where I almost gasped, like, oh, yeah. I Whoa, did not expect didn't see that. that coming. And everybody had characters that they got super attached to. Right. And obviously, you know, so many of those dialogue scenarios mm-hmm. really play up kind of the special relationships that those characters yeah. have. And, and playing the paralogs to get you yeah, insights yeah. into all of the characters that are really not the main characters. Attached to everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, I think at uh, some point uh, throughout the year on, on different episodes of the podcast, 
from almost all of these games, I have talked about my burning desire to get back to them and how <laughs> I haven't been able to yet. And so, is this a pass for you? Well, this make this You're makes not allowed me to pass. Yeah, I am completely unqualified to really oh. judge this. Oh. But I did pick one, and it just happens to be the only game on the list that I've actually completed. Okay, which is the Katana, Katana Zero. Zero. Yeah. yeah. Again, uh, just more of a shout out to Katana Zero than really comparing it to the others, but. Um, I really love uh, just kind of how, I mean, it's a very dark story, but yes. it's so interesting and there's some mysteries involved. And for much of the, uh, it's one of those stories that for much of the game, it's, I'm kind of questioning what I'm seeing yep. mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not really sure if there's hidden meaning or not. And I, it just really held my interest and I kept wanting to play, not just because the gameplay was fun, but to, to really see how the story unfolded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, was mm-hmm. a, that was my second choice, actually, because I, I felt the same way as you when I was playing through the game. It was very like, mysterious and sometimes i i didn't really know what was going on and i think even when i reached then i was like huh but then i kind of <laughs> i kind of like that feeling like it's very nebulous the way the story unfolds open to interpretation yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really good you almost want to go back to certain parts and kind of look at it get, look at it look again look at it again like mm-hmm. some yeah. of those little cutscenes in between the the psychiatrist i mean it's it's so weird yeah mhm well cool well next up we have indie excellence and the nominees here are cuphead katana zero if I'm saying this right, Gato Roboto? Gato Roboto? <laughs> Gato? Gato, like a cat. cat in Spanish. Oh, okay. Well, Gato Roboto. It's a bit of a catchier name instead of c- Cat Roboto. <laughs> cat Robot. Gato Roboto. No, Gato Roboto. And Untitled Goose Game. And the winner is... <laughs> Untitled Goose Game. Yay. Yeah. Lots of good indie games this year. Yeah. I mean, you, this list could have been... Ten times right. as long, right? Easily, it's pretty hard to just uh, keep it to this four, these four. But yeah. yeah, I like how even on this list, when you're looking at it, how different each of the four games are. You know, yeah, you get games that are just so goofy, like Untitled Goose Game, to like a more dark, serious game like Katana Zero. So it's kind of nice to see all that great variety on the on the indie side. But um, I also picked Untitled Goose Game for this category. Me because, too. I mean, you just can't think about 2019 without thinking about a goose so (laughs) you're the goose uh well for me i picked um cuphead uh just because um the style is so unique and Mm -hmm. i just feel like every second i'm playing that game i'm part of my brain is is focused on trying to survive the next few seconds but there's always a part that's just appreciating (laughs) the production value and what they're able to achieve with the animation Mm -hmm. and how they really captured the spirit of those old cartoons like I used to watch in reruns a lot when I was a kid yeah and um I, I couldn't have imagined anyone would have ever brought that style back and, and done it as well as they did so um even though um games like Untitled Goose Game are great and more, maybe more fresher in my memory I just remember how the impact that Cuphead had on me and mm-hmm. and, and you know and also um for a, a kind of a a a different type of experience. Gato Roboto really came out of nowhere. And I love yeah. games that kind of play like Metroid. Mm-hmm. And this was a game that played like that, but with a unique retro art style where you could, you control a little cat who's in a mech suit and you can hop out as the cat and kind of run around the maze. <laughs> and the, I was like, it's amazing. Yeah. It's also black and white, which was kind of interesting mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just interesting on the different art styles, these different games kind of took and yeah, really fun to see all the different, um, the variety of games. Absolutely. Even among, you know, kind of retro style games, it has a very distinct look. Right. All right. Category 11, the biggest brain bender. (laughs) And the nominees are Baba is You, Box Boy plus Box Girl, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, and Return of the Obra Dinn. And the winner is... 
the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Mm. Whoa, really? See, yeah. I'm surprised because I would I figured that people would like remember <laughs> from back yeah. in the <laughs> Remember when you did this before? It's it was a long puzzles. time ago. It's possible to forget. <laughs> and also the sheer amount of walkthroughs <laughs> yes. that's available to you because it's you know been done <laughs> i had i had beaten this game before on game boy but it was years and years ago and i had pretty much forgotten 99 percent of it and i challenged myself <laughs> to not look on oh. yes so i got stumped quite a lot but, did you but it was very satisfying when i would finally work my uh, way through okay it. so the last time i played was on 3ds it was definitely like over three years ago right probably i i think i remembered it I don't know. Maybe my memory is a little bit better than yours. <laughs> my memory is terrible. Oh, well, that's <laughs> in pretty it. much every every way. <laughs> you got. Stuck this is on the a... brain bender. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say I did look at walkthroughs. Oh, yeah. You got stuck in a few pl- in a few places. Second half of the game, I got stuck. Yeah. Uh, a fair number of times, but I'm proud that the first half though did pretty first good. First half. That first dungeon, breeze yeah. right through. Tail cave, got I it. Made it. No problem. <laughs> when I tried the demo at E3, I couldn't even find the sword at the beginning. Oh. Oh. It's just right there on the beach. I know. How <laughs> I walked though? past it like five yeah. times. Oh, your memory is, it's is a little... Hmm. Okay, I may not remember how to get home tonight. Okay, well, good luck <laughs> to you. <laughs> um, my choice is Baba is You. Oh. But not because it was a brain bender for me, but it's a it was, brain breaker. It was a brain breaker for Kit, <laughs> and watching you play that game is a single most amusing. Moment. Well, you did something kind of underhanded. No, I with didn't. It. I did it. So again, we were doing um, a show at PAX East, and we did this thing. It's like, what what indie game do you want us to try for the first time? And this was one of the games that was chosen. Yep. And you just kind of handed me the controllers, like That's here you go, magic. Fig- figure this out. And it was like, blah, 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 what? <laughs> That was that's the magic of that game. That's me. No, it's not. It's yeah. how it's it's you want to go into it fresh because it's such a unique like puzzle game. Right. So you, I didn't want to like tell you too much about it cuz then it would be it wouldn't be fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that was really funny. A big old laugh. Got a big old yeah. laugh in front of a huge crowd of people, but eventually they helped you through it. So it's okay. Through that tutorial level. Yeah. Oh yeah, the tutorial. It was a t- We showed that tutorial level. Yeah. Real good. Take that. <laughs> so no, good. that was my pick too. I I mean, I truly Cannot. struggle to get deep into that game, but that idea is just so like still mind mind-blowing to me. Right. Of how how does this game work? Um I don't know, but I like it. I admire it from afar, even though I'm struggle to get very far into it. It hurts me, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think all of these games you had some moments. Um Yeah, Box Boy Box. Yeah, oh, that's true. We, th- we yeah. had that one on video yeah. too. That was uh, <laughs> trying. I did hear a lot of cries for help with Zelda. Uh-huh. And then yeah. I heard some cries Oberdin for help too. from Alberdin too. Yeah. What's going on? I don't get it. Well, you got a little lot farther yeah. than me. <laughs> not, not the best category no. for you. <laughs> well, the Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening was was my pick, but it really could have been any of these. Um, you know, I like, uh, especially in between these big adventure games that I spent so much time playing, I really mm. like just some little brain twisters. Yeah. And it's great that there's so many of those on Nintendo Switch. And if you've got them saved to your system, you can just fire them up and mm-hmm. kill time with, with some really cool stuff. See, you guys feel like the platforming games are like super satisfying when you, you know, can like figure it out like Cuphead. But mm-hmm. I feel like the puzzle games are the ones that are super satisfying, like in Link's Awakening. Is that a humble break? No, I'm just saying like. I, I cannot play a platforming game. I'm really bad. But like I feel like puzzle puzzle games, I have a better chance of like 
getting through it and feeling good about it. I like to put my prodigious brain to the test from time to time, unlike yeah. the two of you. <laughs> Just your muscle memory or whatever. Um, but yes, I think that's the best part about an adventure game. An adventure game like Legend of Zelda, where you like solve those puzzles and you're like, oh, I feel good. It's working. Yeah. Yeah. About finally, you know, putting the right object into the right spot. Yes. And then you get that magical chime and then uh, you can finally move for- move ahead. I did have a small bit of revenge on you when we made some chamber dungeons, though. I will that say that. That was mean. That wasn't fair. Well, you did it on purpose. Mean gets mean. <laughs> you were, <laughs> Them's you were, the rules. You were getting me back for the Baba is you <laughs> yeah. antic that I pulled. <laughs> All right, we're down to the final three categories. Oh, wow. That's right. And uh, the next one is platforming perfection. Um, and the platformers were Cuphead, New Super Lucky's Tale, Ori and the Blind Forest Definitive Edition, and Super Mario Maker 2. And the winner is <laughs> Super Mario Maker 2. Hooray. Obviously, I agreed with this one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I thought you would, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and as a, a, a primarily a platformer fan, I really loved and was really surprised by by some of the games on this list. I loved all of them. Um, but, uh, you know, being able to play, you know, over 100 new uh, Super Mario Maker uh, 2 levels from the developers at Nintendo, mm-hmm. plus endless numbers of, of courses created by the fans and being able to make my own, I mean, it just... The sheer volume of, of platforming goodness in this yeah. is unbeatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my pick as well. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely agree with you on just the sheer volume of the, and the variety of levels that are out there, both from our developers and also from players. Um, I, you know, as much as I complain and make fun of you, I really did enjoy your level. <laughs> You're really like you have a special talent. There are some people at Nintendo that have the special talent for making incredible Super Mario Maker 2 levels. I think you're definitely one of them and the other people are uh, the folks in Treehouse that made the levels for the Invitational at E3. And you and I played some of those levels. Oh yeah. That was something. Um, Judged by Mr. Tezuka in the room. Oh, that was a moment that was that you, you think Tetris is stressful. I think that was That's pretty stressful. stressful. Um, Mr. Tezuka is very nice, by the way. Uh, but I just yeah, I mean, to have the ability to both, you know, be a really good platformer and play these levels, but also to flip your mind and create these levels is is really amazing. So good job on your levels, Chris. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I really did enjoy them. I think the, fu- the fun of it for me is e- even if you're just tooling around on something that never even becomes a full level, mm-hmm. it's just having uh, having grown up playing these Super Mario Brothers games and kind of knowing the inherently knowing the language of Super Mario Brothers. Exactly. Just the yeah. ability to kind of get in there and monkey around with the yeah. pieces and kind of shuffle things around is just like a, a lifelong dream, basically. Yeah, on this type of game where you can create things or play someone else's creations. I almost never create, but in Super Mario Maker and Super Mario Maker 2, we did a I, few. I prefer creating, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that just goes to show how satisfying it can be if you just put a little bit of effort into mm-hmm. it. You get a big payoff. You get a nice insight into someone else's brain, too, when you like <laughs> yeah. play through their level. You just like kind of, I don't know, like you kind of understand them in a different way a little bit more, which is kind of cool. Yeah, if you're constantly jumping over a pit and then hitting an invisible block and being shot straight <laughs> off the screen. That person is not your friend. No, nah, that's maybe somebody <laughs> you don't want to hang around with. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, category 13, most epic RPG. And the nominees are Dragon Quest XI-S, Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield, and The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition. And the winner is... Fire Emblem Three Houses. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Taking it. Tough category. This is a, yeah. This is a hard one. Heavy hitters. Yeah. 
Yeah, looking at this, it really reminds me what a great year it was for RPGs mm-hmm. on the system. It's really hard to have this many RPGs because it's you need a, you need time to right. play all of them. So <laughs> now we're all really behind on all of our games because all these games are so long. But um, but it is really really cool to have all these great RPGs uh, this year on Switch. Um, my pick was Dragon Quest Eleven, actually. Um, what? Why? Really? Yeah. Wow. Why are you surprised? I was. I've been I thought Fire up- Emblem was a shoe in. I like Fire Emblem. Wow. But anyways, it, it this is a game that is like, you know, one of those just RPGs that you always look forward to. When you see when you know a, a Dragon Quest game is coming, you're like, "Oh, I'm in for this." I know mm-hmm. it's going to be this epic story. It's going to be this great RPG. I'm going to sink 60 hours into it. It's going to be great. So this is like the quintessential RPG perfection. Um and I, I will admit that I haven't played, I haven't beaten the game yet, even though you told me that I had to before recording this podcast. Yeah. I, didn't, I could not. You didn't <laughs> marathon this weekend? Physically could not. Oh. Um, but I've, I've played a, a good chunk of it um, so far, and it is not disappointed at all. Um, just so much great story and just, yeah, such a good game. I love it. Yeah, I chose Fire Emblem for all the reasons I shared earlier. I do want to give a shout out to Pokemon Sword and, and Pokemon Shield. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most fun I've had with with Pokemon core RPGs in, in quite a long time. Mm. Um, you know, just the way that they have expanded it. And in this game, I, I really enjoyed all of the, the human characters and kind of the world of the Galar region so much. That felt really brought to life and the story was great. And obviously all the new Pokemon that they introduced were, were very cool. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of rekindled a love of, of Pokemon that I had, and uh, I'm really looking forward to going back to it. I'm playing Dragon Quest Eleven right now, but I think after I wrap that up, whenever that may be, someday yonder, <laughs> I'm going to go back to Pokemon Short and ke- keep catching some of those Pokemon. Yeah, this was uh, another category that, um, for me, that, uh, you know, all of these games are in various st- stages of play for me. Some of them mm-hmm. I've only just started. So, you know, but... So far, compared to where I've gotten in these games, um, I went with Fire Emblem, uh, Three Houses. Mm. Um, but, man, it could really switch up. I could see Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield or really any of the others kind of taking the lead for me if I continue playing them. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I can. Uh, this can be one of those games or one of these can at least be one of those games that I really dig into over the holiday break. Yes, that is the catch-up week yep. or weeks yes. for sure. <laughs> That's when you definitely catch up on your backlog. All right, the final category, the player's <gasps> game oh of the year. Oh, my goodness. A lot of options here. Wow. We did. We doubled the number of usual nominees for this, and even then we couldn't fit in all the, the games, honestly, that probably would have been deserving of a mention, but we at least wanted to give some more choice for this category. And the nominees were Astral Chain, Dragon Quest XI-S, Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition, Fire Emblem Three Houses, The Legend of Zelda Leaks Awakening, Luigi's Mansion 3, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield, Super Mario Maker 2 and Tetris 99. And the winner is. Drum roll. Fire Emblem Three Houses. Wow! Sorry. Sorry. I'm really excited. (laughs) I gotta say, I was surprised when I first saw that, but honestly, I think I would have been surprised no matter what the winner was because the the competition was just so fierce. There's so much. This year, there were so many great games. Mm -hmm. So many. Different. They all have their own merits. You know, they're. Yeah, it's really hard to choose. But guess what? They chose the right game because that was my game of the year. Yay! <laughs> uh, I guess we'll gloss over how it's not the best RPG of the year, but the game of the year. <laughs> Anyhow. It doesn't have to win in <laughs> every category. That. That's not how that works. All right. 
Please elaborate. Oh, I, I thought you were going to talk about I liked it. <laughs> well, I mean, we've done a whole podcast on this. So, mm-hmm. you know, Chris, you know very well my love for, for Fire Emblem. But this is a franchise I've loved for a really long time. And this one in particular really surprised me. At first, when I was, like, just learning about the game, I was a little curious. And, you know, how is this sort of going to work? It feels a little bit different than some of the other Fire Emblem games I've played and really loved with this kind of school phase and this monastery thing and then sort of this, you know, other phase that was a little bit more mysterious because no, mm-hmm. no, no one wanted to be spoiled about the, quote, after the jump. Um So I kind of went into it a little bit skeptical, actually. Like, I hope I like this game as much as I liked all the other Fire Emblem games. And I I was very pleased that I loved it um, so much, you know. And I was so, like, into the the whole mechanic of of sort of planning your your characters and then getting them ready for that second phase. And and again, this is a game where I've played through multiple times at this point. I'm still going to be continuing to play through it and every time I, I play it like a little bit differently and so just having that sheer variety of the way you can play through a single game um is really incredible and of course you know love all the characters I think the story is great um and so yeah definitely an incredible game and I think well well deserved for game of the year mm-hmm. My- done my pick might be surprising to you <clears throat> for yeah? a certain reason. It's Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh, really? Yes. I'm really yeah, surprised so, because we've had some conversations yeah. about this. You So mm. I, pl- I was playing this game and I got stuck yes. on a puzzle. Yes. Um, that was not any, you know, a super challenging puzzle, but I just had a mental block as right. may have been exhibited through some of the earlier categories about brain benders. <laughs> I'm not great at puzzles, but I got stuck <laughs> And I, I sort of spent a whole night kind you got of stuck and hitting, you got mad. hitting my head against the wall with this puzzle. I was like, oh, I don't know. I need to ask somebody. So I asked you. And I said, well, what do you do with this puzzle? And you're like, I don't know. And I said, well, Look. well, maybe you could think back and remember. You're like, oh, you don't have to do that one. You just go. And well, I, w- I went back and I was like, no, I'm pretty sure you need to do it. And I just had to put the game down for a couple days and just like catch my breath. And I may have spoken to some other people who had some better advice. And I eventually moved on. Actually. And I'm glad I did. Those people didn't have better advice because I think I played that puzzle for you back in the office. Over then why didn't you say that? Because I didn't know which room you were talking about. Oh, my about. goodness. When you're sending me text messages that are just text only, I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. It's <laughs> sketchiest buddy of the room. year. I think you might get I'm that in a award. Room. I need anyhow, help. Anyhow. Game of the year gla- for you. Glad I did. Um, <laughs> just the the sheer amount of personality nintendo personality that's in this game mm. is just incredible off the charts and it's maybe the most that i've ever seen in any individual game mm-hmm. and i think you know about these you know mushroom kingdom characters mario luigi toad and so on you know i've loved i've loved them for decades and to see them in this way and to see them come to life in this way was really special mm-hmm. and then you think about uh, you know the the building itself the the mansion the hotel how much personality that has, how much personality all of the the enemies and the bosses have. This game had a level where the whole point was to kind of shoot Toad out of the poltergeist. It's so <laughs> creative. Um, and, you know, I've enjoyed uh, the past Luigi's Mansions game, but I felt this one just surpassed it in amazing ways. Yeah. You know, my pick was unsurprisingly Super Mario Maker 2, but I can remember <laughs> at times when I was playing through Luigi's Mansion 3 and when I was playing through Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, uh, I thought to myself, you know what, this is probably my 
game of the year mm-hmm. you know, at that time. And then yes, every even, game was like, this could be game of the year. Yeah. I felt that a lot this year. Me too. Yeah. I was like, oh, and then I, early in the year too, I was like, how am I going to choose? <laughs> yeah. And I had like a moment of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just think for me, and I think for a lot of other people, probably too, it was just a really strong year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all of these nominees are just a testament to the to the variety of games that came out yeah. and, and just how great they were across the board. So mm-hmm. really, any, any one of these would have been deserving. Yeah. It's cool that we all had a different pick, I think. Yes, but I think that, again, goes to show just how many different options you have, you know, um, when you think about all yeah. the great games that came out this year. But yes, I am surprised about your pick, but I agree with you. It's very good. I'm glad you got through it. I'm glad I got you through it. So that's the um, game of the year. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, well, um, before we go, you know, I want to ask just what your favorite gaming memory of 2019 was before we close out the year. Kit, do you want to share something uh, first? Yeah, it would have to be all of the boss battles in Luigi's Mansion 3. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't typically love boss battles in games. You know, a lot of times it's it's meant to be really challenging or, you know, it's <clears throat> it's kind of building upon some more standard enemy that you've seen before. But all of these were just so different and so unique. And they really had kind of, you had to approach them all in different ways. And that was part of the fun of figuring out what you had to do. And just thinking about kind of thematically what it was like, I'll, I'll try and avoid major spoilers, but, you know, you were going up against a haunted T-Rex skeleton mm-hmm. or a ghost shark, which is something you didn't tell me. Don't want to spoil I would, it I would for have, you. I would have liked to have known that. Jeez. Um, or there were, there were even yet. some of the more sort of, you know, humanoid ghosts like... Um, the the kind of uh, water polo guy and the swimming pool like all of those <laughs> were, were super cool characters and the ways that you went about tackling them was was great and mm-hmm. i really looked forward to wondering what the boss battle would be at the end of every floor very cool that they were all themed to that floor right, so you right. can kind of like suspect maybe mm-hmm. what that boss might be but yeah. they're all really different and, and very uh creative and fun yeah, i like when you encounter the boss early on or just as you enter the floor yeah, and it kind of yeah. Sets the, the tone it sets the tone yeah and then you you know you're, gonna... you're like i'm gonna deal with you later yeah, yeah. <laughs> or i'm gonna have to deal with you later <laughs> how can you forget polter pup not one mention of polter pup but all great. this great luigi's mansion three yeah. talk star of the show no no mention of petra for you and all this great fire emblem talk what's up with it's that not petra it's felix is it though isn't it though uh. <laughs> my favorite gaming memory is having tea with felix <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of half true but it's my favorite gaming memory is of course playing through uh all of the great moments of fire emblem and all of the like crazy gasp moments were mm. great but i really did like all the tea time and all the relationship moments that you have with the game you really play that game to get to know the different characters and you kind of weirdly think of them as real people at the end of the game where you feel like i know him or i know her you know i, I i've seen them grow through this through this game and i you know i feel like they're like my friend or something which is strange um but that is the true sense that I got when I played through Fire Emblem and just um, just getting getting very uh, close with all the characters and, of course, playing through this incredible story, multiple storylines, has been really great. Yeah. Well, for me, um, it, was, um, it was Super Mario Maker 2, but a very specific Super Mario Maker 2 memory. It was when, you know, I'd been looking forward to this game for so long and really anticipating it more than any other game probably in, in years because I love the first one so much. And um, when I finally got it, it was uh, it just happened to be the perfect weekend to play it because 
it was, uh, I think it was like raining outside and kind of nasty. So you just wanted to cozy up inside anyway. And I just spent this long, lazy weekend with my son with his, he had his Nintendo switch and a copy of the game and I had mine and we were both making courses. And then occasionally we would, you know, swap and have each other, uh, play test our courses. And, um, and then, you know, eventually, uh, you know, we just really geeked out over it. And then eventually I brought some of those courses on to Nintendo Minute and got to see mm-hmm. you guys try mm-hmm. them out. So I just think that whole first experience with the game was just my high point of the year. That was great. That's great. Well, great. Well, Kit and Krista, thanks so much for coming on the show. And I can't wait to do this again next year. Thank yeah, super you. fun. Thank you. Hopefully we'll make this a three-year tradition yes. next year. <laughs> three, four, we'll just go ahead and yes, lock down that long-term commitment. Down. Schedule it. <laughs> All right, have a great uh, new year. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, you too. That's it for the second year of Nintendo Power Podcast. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show, you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com. Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave us a review, and be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening, have a great holiday season, and keep playing with power.